Welcome to Conversations with Claire. I'm your host, Claire Bays. I am a content creator, CrossFit L2 trainer, nutrition advisor, and sober alcoholic. I created this podcast to share inspiring stories of people and information I'm learning in hopes that sharing our experiences will inspire us all to grow, learn, and change. Oh, and I hope to make you laugh. (laughs) Welcome to Conversations with Claire. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Conversations with Claire. Today, I have back with me again, Erin Monson, one of my absolute dearest friends. And today, we are going to talk about your relationship with yourself and how you can improve it, be aware of it, work on it, heal it, and then how it in turn actually improves your relationships with others. So just real quick, Erin is a relationship coach. She actually runs an online business where she coaches people one-on-one, she coaches couples, and she coaches in groups. And she can tell you more about that at the end of the episode, and that will, of course, be in the show notes. She's also in school actively currently to be a couples therapist. So with that being said, hello and welcome, Erin. Hello. I'm so happy (laughs) to be back. Yeah. We actually just recorded the episode about your relationship with food only a handful of days ago. And I was like, I'm sorry, but I need you to come back because we're not done. We got more things to talk about. So (laughs) thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Before we launch into this topic at hand, I have to point out that there was a major win that occurred in my life today, and we gonna talk about it. <laughs> so <laughs> I told Erin right before, so she already knows. But I'm guys, so happy for you. yeah. So today, just before this, I was at the gym. I have been going and attending a new gym here in Austin and training with their semifinals team and crew, and they have just been so welcoming. And one of the training pieces today included strict and kipping handstand pushups. I have been doing CrossFit for six and a half years. Today, for the first time in my CrossFit career or life in general, I did strict handstand pushups. <laughs> I don't think everyone realizes what a big feat this is. This yeah. is a big deal. Oh my gosh. I like lovingly refer to myself as like CrossFit Gumby or like go-go gadget arms <laughs> because my wingspan, oh my gosh, we are long humans. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so anyway, I just had to touch on like super big wind and also just to note, I think it's fun to always draw it back to the fact that like literally have been doing this thing for so very long, six and a half years, and just got my first one of those today. That's so exciting. I'm so <laughs> proud of you. I'm so I, proud of you. Yeah. So, and Erin has actually, she still practices CrossFit too. She does a lot of like her own training and a lot of weight training and different stuff, but oh, she's totally a baddie, but she's done CrossFit for a long time. So she, didn't you say that you've never done one? Oh, strict handstand pushups were my number one nemesis. Ring muscle, no, bar muscle ups were actually number two. Ring muscle ups, I got before bar muscle ups, which is crazy, but strict handstand push-ups i got really really good at kipping like it became one of my better movements and i could not get strict i mean i'm a big girl i'm a big girl i got (laughs) i got some weight to carry but they're really really hard dude they are so hard 
Yeah. When I got some cues a few months ago that I think helped tremendously with like, anyway, that I think that that made a big difference with how I was able to get it today. And that's what's also so fun about being in different facilities and getting to be coached by different people as you hear a different cue you never heard before. And I think that that impacted my ability to like get to the place where I got to do them today. But it was very surprising when you said you hadn't got it because you've been doing them so long or doing CrossFit for so long. CrossFit was, I mean, 10 plus years. I don't practice it anymore. But even my sister, who's really, really, really strong and really good training really hard. um, She really struggles with strict handstand pushups too. It's one of those movements that some of our body types just really struggle with. So it's really cool that you have overcome that. I mean, you put in years and years of work and to see it pay off and to see those little wins, it's such a big deal. And it's what makes CrossFit so fun. Yeah. Well, I've like been able to be in multiple quarterfinals and things like that. And like you get to that stage where now that movement is involved and then I just have to stand there. And that's okay because even in those, thankfully, even in those situations, I was able to look at it and be like, I'm going to appreciate this later. Once I actually get this down, I am going to appreciate how freaking hard this was for so long. And I'm not mad about it. It's just like, I still have never done a single ring muscle up. And I know that that's going to change. I mean, I'm going to love how long that, like, I appreciate that it took me three years to do a toaster bar. So I've really veered off the path of the intended topic today. But we just had, we had to talk about Oh, that. yeah. We had to talk about it. <laughs> and it just shows like that perspective that you were able to hold. Like that's pretty amazing. In the heat of it, it's easy to look back and be like, oh, now I appreciate it. But in the heat of it, like that shows that you've done some serious work on being very wise and in your adult brain, <laughs> very present and grateful. So That's amazing. I think with our fitness journey, and this is actually will tie into our topic too, but with anything, it's like coming to understand what a growth mindset actually is and why it is worth having one, you know? And so learning to love the process, not the end goal, because the end isn't real. If the end target of I want to weigh X or I want to look like X or I want to do, you know, if, if all of our satisfaction lies within that, like reaching that. And like, what if you do reach it, then what? And so anyway, I don't know. I just always think with all of it, I'm like, just the wins are in the day to day. The wins are in like, I get to have these endorphins that get released because I chose to move my body. That is why I'm going to keep moving my body. Not because I want it to look a certain way. Obviously it took a long time to get there, but that's to be in that place today is just like, it's nice. (laughs) Mm, That's amazing. And it just goes to show like the The whole cliche saying of learning to love the journey, it really is like an ultimate goal in life to be present with what's happening now. Because what even is the end? What is the destination? And when we get there, we get there, we probably want to go somewhere else. So it's like this constant like hamster wheel just staying stuck. So that's so beautiful, a beautiful example of, of you being in the moment and enjoying the journey that you're on. So yeah. cool. Yeah. I'm grateful to have a body that's capable. I mean, I just, yeah, it's just, that's pretty cool. So, okay. Back to why we are here today. I want to ask you in your own words to define what your relationship with yourself is for somebody out there listening. If you were having a conversation with someone and this was kind of a new topic to them to really like sit and chew on, then how would you define what your relationship with yourself even is? Yeah. Relationship to self to me is 
a journey back to our authentic truth, which we are separated from the moment we're brought into this world with all of the experiences and the conditioning and the rules and the lessons and all these things that are put on us um, that not always, but often can distract us or take us away from our truest nature. And so when I think about my relationship to self, it's how connected am I to my inner authentic truth? And how can I separate the messages of the world so that that doesn't fog my judgment, my views, and the way I feel about myself and my purpose and my fulfillment in life? Uh, Guys, just go back and listen to that again. (laughs) I mean, that was beautiful. So, of course, so many things pop into my mind, you know, when you talk about the messages, the outside messages, and I just think about all of the conditioning that we undergo while we're growing and as we're children and then as we're young adults, all of the incoming information telling us who and what we are supposed to be. And we're not yet formed enough to understand that isn't necessarily true. And so then as you get further into adulthood to start to really come to those places of being like, wait a second, does this align with me? And it's a liberating place, but it's also a very, you know, it's a challenging, uncomfortable place. And then I think about with that, the messaging of like, for you and for me both, I know that we had a religion was a big part of both of our upbringings. And so all of the messaging that's embedded in the religions that we grew up in And then, of course, there's the socioeconomic, there's the familial, there's so much that impacts our opinions of who we are supposed to be. And so with that, if you were to draw from your own journey of identifying what a relationship with yourself even is, or I mean, at what point in your life that you recognized things didn't feel so authentic. And you started to kind of dig deeper and explore. And obviously it's something you're wildly passionate about. And at this point, very educated on because of the work that you do. And so if you could kind of walk me through maybe some stuff of like, how did you get to the place of recognizing that was something you wanted to work on? Yeah, I think recognizing that the further we move from There's different words for it. A strategic, a self that we learn we need to be strategic or our authentic self. The more space there is between those two things, the more suffering there is, the more anxiety, depression. There are so many health issues in the world and not always, like there's health issues that happen just because they happen, but very, very often, The way our body holds on to trauma and not learning how to feel emotions and being disconnected from our actual integrity and our truth causes us so much suffering. And so I think starting to realize seeing the suffering that is more of a choice, pain is inevitable. Suffering is a place we kind of choose to be depending on how we learned (laughs) to be there or coping mechanisms or strategies we learned to try to feel good. So I think that's where ultimately it's hard to pinpoint one specific time because I think when I look back at my life, like so much of my life was conditioned to be a certain way. And so like, I didn't know any different and I didn't know like 
pain and suffering I thought was coming from like maybe not being obedient because of my religion or if I were to just be more righteous then I'll feel better <laughs> and like there was just a lot of confusion around what actually made me happy and so I think like bumping and skidding my way through life trying to figure it out always feeling like I just want to be myself like I always had this urge to just be me and I felt like especially with my religious upbringing I felt like I was always being shoved into a box I always use that analogy but it felt like people were putting me let's touch on it real fast just as far as so that people do have context if they don't know your story what religion were you raised in LDS Mormon most people know it as Mormon and it's very there are a lot of rules. I'll call them rules. <laughs> I get a little careful with words that I use here. Guidelines doesn't even feel quite right because it didn't feel like an option. It felt like, no, like you have to do this. You know, it didn't feel like maybe there's like, there's a guideline for you. It felt very like, this is the way it has to be. Yeah. It felt very This is rigid. what we do. I'm at a point in my life now where I can look back at so many beautiful things about the religion, but growing up in it, there were just a lot of rules. And it didn't give me space to feel like I could self-express in a safe way. <laughs> and I just like, I wanted to know why and like, why can't I do that? And why do I have to do this? And why, why, why? Yeah. And why do I want to, if I'm not supposed to, why do I want to? Totally. I mean, hello, that's a perfect example of sex. Like you start having desires as a teenager but it's like no 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 we don't talk about that we don't do that that's actually one of the worst things you could do so shut it down well, and so <laughs> then there, like, there comes shame yeah which oh, for absolutely. me you know southern baptist is the i grew up in a southern baptist mm. church and i certainly think that so much of those experiences for me i do consider myself a spiritual person today and i really enjoy that aspect of my life but that being said, the religion that I grew up in, in the, the church I grew up in, the construct that I grew up in, there was so much shame around if you didn't fit inside the box that the people told you to fit inside of according to their interpre interpretation. And so, you know, all of those conditioning pieces that get set in baked in early. And so then you're like, but wait a second, as yeah, as you start to form your own identity, you're like, uh, wait this doesn't feel authentic. So anyway, you're bumping, you're skidding. Yeah. I'm bumping and skidding, <laughs> trying to get out of this box. I'm like, ah, love me, set me free. <laughs> and that's why, I mean, I have a horse tattoo on my arm. Like it's such a powerful symbol to me of just wanting to self-express and to run free and to be my authentic self without being caged away, you know, because that's how I felt so much of my upbringing was, was just in a box and like i gratefully had parents who gave me some space to ask questions but ultimately like certain questions couldn't be answered and i still had to follow these rules in order to receive the acceptance and the connection that i needed like period as a kid so i learned that i had to be a certain way in order to receive the love that i craved so that became like a very constant theme throughout my life was learning that I had to be a certain way in order to receive the love that I wanted. And in the world that we're in, people are not going to accept you for showing up authentically or in your strategic self 
no matter what you do, like there's going to be people who don't appreciate or see that and people who do, but we ultimately all want some sort of connection, right? There's a quote about your uh, experiences in life. Your ability to understand them has a lot to do with the language that you use. And so if you have limited language about your emotions or the experiences that you have, then all you know, you know, is that you're sad or you're mad or you're happy or whatever. But what if we know shame? What if we know guilt? What if we know joy? What if we, you know, all of these other options that we have about our experiences helps us understand them. And so giving them language. So I love that I have never heard strategic self versus authentic self. And I feel like I've spent a lot of time in the past year and a half trying to get to know what authentic self even is. And I love that because the strategic self and then the fact that you just pointed out that no matter which version you are showing up as today, that acceptance that you so desperately crave as a human is going to be unmet in so many places for the rest of forever, no matter which route you take. Yeah. It's freeing in a way. Yeah, totally. And I heard that the strategic self from someone named Jason Gaddis. He's a therapist and he has a really good book about conflict, but he talks about that. That's kind of where I started to ponder that, like that strategic self. And it's also freeing in the sense of it giving you more perspective and compassion for yourself that it makes so much sense why you move away from your authentic self. Like there's nothing wrong with you for doing that. Like you learned to do that because you needed to do that. And understanding that instead of like judging yourself, I think authenticity is kind of a buzzword now of like being authentic and like being yourself and expressing yourself freely. And when people struggle to do that, there's like shame in that because they're like, oh, how do people just do that? And it makes so much sense that it's hard to do that because there's been so much on the line if you move away from, like you learned these strategies for a brilliant and a very needed reason when they were serving you. So that's an important point, I think, just for compassion, understanding that you make sense. Yeah. So we get to a place where we identify that we're maybe being a strategic self and that it doesn't feel right. So what do we do? Like we all know awareness is the first step, right? Yeah. Just noticing. Which is uncomfortable as hell. (laughs) Oh yeah. I mean, it is. It's important. And there's a now what? Like, okay, I get it. I need to do these things. Now what? I think a lot of us have a lot of knowledge and wisdom that we are unable to integrate. That's the hardest part. So awareness obviously is needed and there's so much more after that. So it's a messy process. I think uncovering more and more parts of you that have been affected by culture, by your family, by friends, by the media, by all of these different things that you have learned from or received acceptance from and learned to be like it's how many years like I'm 34 so it's been like 34 years of messages like that's a lot (laughs) to sort through so total babe by the way (laughs) you know (laughs) I'm convinced that 30s are the prime time to be alive so somebody convinced me differently I just entered Um, the zone and I am here it is it. it is oh yeah Best day of my life, turning 30. I felt like a new woman. Like, here we go. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Yes. Yep. 
Yeah. So noticing like, where am I experiencing pain? Where do I feel out of alignment with my truth? And that can be really messy. I love having people start with the most basic things to connect back to truth. How does my body communicate with me? We are born deeply connected to our needs, to our bodies. Like we use sensation to navigate through life, to experience life. And we learn those young experiences when we express our needs, when we cry, we know we're hungry, we know we're tired, we know all of these things we need. And depending on how that's received, depending on how our needs are met or not met, we learn like, wait, is it safe to have this need? Am I wrong for feeling this way? And obviously this is so subconscious and so our young child brain, but that's what happens little by little is we disconnect because we're, we learn that it's not safe or that we're wrong for having a certain need. So that's what I like people to start with is like connecting back to that child self, knowing, okay, I know when I'm tired, let's say. Like, I can tell I'm tired. How do I know that I'm tired? Like, my eyes start getting heavy. Like, my body starts feeling lethargic. I start feeling a little slow. Like, how do I know when I'm thirsty? Like, my throat feels really dry. How do I know when I'm lonely? Just, like, little things and trying to pay attention. Like, what is my body telling me here? And how do I know that I am feeling this way? That's, like, such a good place to start. Start asking yourself. Because those are not as threatening. It's not asking yourself like, okay, I'm going to go like set this huge boundary with mom because I've been a people pleaser my whole life. And now I'm going to go tell her that she can't tell me what to do anymore. Like that can feel super threatening to someone. So starting in the small, less threatening places to connect back to my truth. And that can build and start to show you different areas of your life. Like how do I feel when I just agreed to going to this party with this friend how do i feel when i'm at that party like does this feel in alignment with me or not how do i feel when i stay up too late and i have to wake up early just starting to pay attention paying attention to our bodies and how they communicate and what our needs are like that's a really important starting point to connect back to our authentic self yeah So much yes. (laughs) So if I'm thinking, okay, but how? Again, because I think that that's so many people's question and it makes so much sense. It's like, that sounds lovely. To become aware sounds uncomfortable, but sounds like I need to do that because we all need to do that or it's healthy too. And so if I were to I'm always such an action intention girl. Like I am just these days, I'd be living in them words. You know, it's like, are our actions in line with our intentions? And so if we place them on this, we are trying to improve our relationship with ourself. We are trying to become more aware of who the fuck we even are. Then action items, what are things that I can actively do in my day-to-day life that are completely manageable that are simple, things I can start to practice on a daily habit. I mean, so much of everything that you're saying is just mindfulness, mindfulness, mindfulness is what I hear. But if I'm someone who has never practiced mindfulness, what do I do? And I think that will depend on the person 
as you're talking, I'm thinking about relating to ourselves will be different for everyone because we all value different things. We have different needs. We have different things that are important to us. So I think picking a relationship in your life that is really good, someone outside of yourself, someone that you have such a good relationship with, think about that relationship and look at the reasons why that relationship is so good. And that will kind of guide you to the things that are important to you. So like, if I have a really good relationship with someone because they, they are there for me when I need them, like I trust them with my secrets or whatever, all these different reasons, like those are things that stand out to you. Those are values of yours that are important. So looking at those things, using those as guides for what your daily mindfulness practice might be. And another way of looking at that, I'm sure most people are familiar with the five love languages. Yeah. I mean, go ahead and state what they are. Words of affirmation, quality time, physical touch, acts of service, and gift giving. So if you kind of look at, I mean, all of them are great. I'll take it all, please. Thank you. But we all have desire and need for one or two over the others. Big words of affirmation, girl. Tell me you love me and then show me. <laughs> That's exactly how Julian, my partner, is. Tell him how great he is and how good he looks and touch him a lot. And then we're good. And he'd be happy. So, yeah. So we have things that we are more prone to wanting. And so applying that to yourself, what's my love language? What means a lot to me? And how can I give that to myself on a daily basis? so that I'm speaking love to me. And that can guide you to what your daily actions might be. So like if physical touch is my love language, like how can I give that to myself? Can I spend time with myself? Just like even touching my own skin or touching myself in a safe way or giving myself time to be in the bathtub and just feeling the water on my skin. Just anything that feels like sensationally good for me might be something that I prioritize as a daily practice, a daily mindfulness to show myself love, to build trust and to build that relationship with self, just like you would do in a relationship with another person. Yeah, I love it. I think about when I started to go on my own journey of understanding, I had come to a place where I no longer felt like I knew who I was. And just for the record, that wasn't even that long ago, you know? And so I always love telling this like beautiful trajectory in my own life in the past year and a half that is just coming from a place of, I don't know her, I don't like her. And a lot of that had to do with my journey with alcoholism. But then to do the work, to be intentional, to get inside of my own brain, to start to prioritize spending time with myself which was a concept so foreign to me prior to getting involved in therapy, getting involved in a recovery program, getting resources that encouraged me to do those things. And then I started to do them and it was wildly uncomfortable, but I started to spend time inside my own head and that allowed me. So, you know, turning off exterior things, doing different mindfulness practices, which anybody can Google. And there's so many out there and looking for the ones, like you said, that resonate with you. And then just doing those, just practicing being present with yourself and that will help show you who you are. And like, it has to be an intentional practice or else we just get swept away with all of the 
incoming information all the time and we just don't even know anymore. And so for me, it's been so cool to go from that place to then I'm starting to get to know, to I'm starting to like, to holy shit, I trust her. Not only do I now understand her a heck of a lot better, but I trust her. And that doesn't mean that I actually think that she's got it all figured out or is going to make all the right decisions. I don't. But I do think that I have enough trust in myself, which is a beautiful thing. And then for me now, this kind of pivots then into something that you are such a big advocate. And like, it's something I'm learning from being your friend is just that healing your relationship with yourself then starts to help you take a look at your relationships with others. Because what I have found as of very recently or started to become more aware of is that I've learned so much about how to trust myself, but I'm really uncomfortable trusting you. And something that you talk about so beautifully is how healing yourself requires also healing your relationships with others and how there is certain healing with yourself that you cannot do without the help of others. And so you want to kind of just head that direction? Yeah. I want to go back to one thing that you were saying right before this is that like you all could be listening to us right now being further conditioned away from your truth. And so like none of us have the exact answers for you and like what you should do to be mindful each day or things that you could do to connect more to yourself. That's up to you and to tuning back into what do I need? Not what does Aaron need? What does Claire need each day or what makes them feel loved? Cause then maybe that will help me. Cause that could be further going down the rabbit hole of being told what to do rather than connecting back to the way that your body communicates with you. So like these tools are all guides of like you tuning in to what you have the answers, like not anybody else. So I think that's a really important thing. Just side note before we move in to the next part, which I'm so excited to talk about because yeah, relationship with self and relationship with others is so deeply connected. It's a dynamic, like not one doesn't affect the other, like the way you relate to yourself affects the way you relate to others, the way you relate to others affects the way you relate to yourself. And we are hardwired for connection. I think we all know at this point that that is one of our deepest needs, along with authenticity. So they don't always go together, which is one of the many sick jokes being played on us, I think. There's lots of them being humans in the world, but that's being one of them. Is rough. <laughs> There's these contradictory, like this, not to go off on a tangent, but just a quick side note, like the deeper we love, the more grief we carry because we care, because we love, and that's beautiful. And always like the more you love someone, the more that sense of grief is lingering there because you know it could be gone. And so that's another paradox of life almost of holding these two very different but very connected emotions and experiences which I look at the same thing with connection with others and authenticity like they don't always go together but they can and how can we bring them together and find the people we connect with in our authenticity or outside of our strategic self so this whole connection to self and others is so connected <laughs> and you can heal yourself 
do all the work on your own, spend a whole year locked up in a house just doing your own work, and you will never reach the layers of further healing without other relationships to help you get there. So this whole concept, like you have to love yourself before you can love someone else, yes and no. It's so important to do foundational work, just like you talked about, like bringing back more trust with yourself and being like, how am I supposed to trust someone else? The more you trust yourself, the more you can trust yourself to discern if you can trust someone else. And the more you trust other people or the more you work through those relationships with other people, the deeper trust you build with yourself as well. So I think this whole idea of like having to have this perfect relationship with self before you're ready to like be a good partner or to love someone or to be a good sister or friend or whatever it is. I don't buy into that because I think people take us there. (laughs) I do think you need a foundation of doing your own work and learning to work through your own wounds and knowing what they are. And that is how we heal those wounds is with other people. We heal through relationships just like we're hurt through relationships. So that is scary and beautiful all at the same time. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and for you, I feel like you've been such a shining example for me doing that because you have this year opened up to a romantic partnership. And that was something that you had fear around. And you had been doing all of this solo work and you had made hella headway, you know? I mean, really, you had done a lot of hard work getting reacquainted and coming back into alignment with your own values and things like that. And then you had this new challenge of, am I really going to allow myself to be vulnerable with another human in this way? And it's been so fun to watch and it's scary because I love you and I love your person. And it's just like, you know, I mean, being a human is freaking messy. I mean, you're doing it. It's been a crazy process for sure. And I will say like, I took about three years off of dating. I dated casually, but pretty much wasn't open to anything deep. (laughs) And I used that time to dive into myself. I was healing from eating disorders. I had a lot. And that set me up in a really powerful way to be ready for this relationship. But I will say in those three years versus the last, what, nine months, the healing that I have experienced through my relationship has been tenfold the healing that I did on my own. And again, I'm so grateful I needed that. I would have never been ready for him had I not spent that time to work on myself. And the way that he has helped me and challenged me and shown me parts of me that I couldn't see on my own has been the most beautiful, scary, hard, and fulfilling experience for me. Just to see where I tend to go, like showing me my strategic self, showing me what I learned to do to protect myself. And that has been an ongoing thing. Our whole relationship is continually being shown more of my wounding from my past. And I think that's what's so powerful about relationships is finding someone who shows that to you, who challenges you, 
and who also shows you that the past is not the present and that those past wounds, new experiences give you new beliefs. So by being in a safe and loving relationship, that helps us build new beliefs and it helps us heal in ways that we never could do on our own. The key is definitely having a, <laughs> a safe relationship. That's foundational. Otherwise, you can be further wounded. So that's important, but that comes back to learning how to trust yourself to navigate that and doing the foundational work on yourself to know that you can find your way through it and that we're here. You're here now. You were through a lot of pain before, and here we are to talk about it. And so building on that and knowing that you can do it is definitely a helpful thing because it is, it's scary. It is. And it's been so fun over the last nine months to just watch you like face head on, you know, having moments of being like, I'm doing this thing where I want to self-protect. And what that means is that I want to close off, but I also see the value in this. And so I need to not do that. And so I have to like fight that. And like, why am I doing that? You know, and to watch you walk through that. And it's just like, some friends I have from back home that have a couple of young children and and I'm very close with them. And I spent a lot of time in their home with them before I moved away. And it was such a healthy experience for me to just observe their healthy, like family unit and to be like this, you know, it's just, you're able to learn so much from your surroundings. And that was such a positive impact. And so getting to observe you is a positive impact on me because what I have discovered this year and, and I'm okay with the fact that it is where it is, you know, but it's like, Oh, so I'm pretty emotionally unavailable. (laughs) And is that because I'm just like protecting myself, you know, and so we learn and we grow and and we change because that's, we're human. And that's what we get the opportunity to do is where I sit right now is not where I'm going to sit in a handful of months from now. And that is exciting. Yeah. It's the same, like holding space for a whole spectrum of emotions. It is super scary. There's a lot of fears involved with opening up to someone for very good reasons, right? It carries that, the grief, again, the fear, the potential loss or further pain and so much love and growth and excitement and adventure and all of these beautiful things that you don't get to experience if you're not willing to lean into that. And vulnerability, I mean, I got really good at being vulnerable in many parts of my life. And it wasn't until I was in this new relationship that I realized and was told. (laughs) He knew. He's like, excuse me, ma'am, you are a relationship coach and you are not vulnerable. You have all sorts of walls up. And I'm like, what? Me? Nah. Like, I'm a pro at this. That's what I told him. Really good at building walls. (laughs) Right when we first... No, I thought I was a pro at relationships. When we first started dating, we were talking about things that we're really good at, like things we feel really confident in. I mean, he was talking obviously about how good at dancing he is. Like he's a phenomenal dancer. Like he's got moves. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Like he got me with his moves. That was the first thing that caught my eye. I'm like, who's it? Who? Who this man? (laughs) He's got moves. And he's like, what are you really good at? And I'm like, I'm really good at relationships. It's like, oh, well, he proved me wrong real quick. He's like, yeah, no. He's like, <laughs> you're you're not. good at analyzing other people's relationships. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I'm really good at like helping other people with relationships. And I learned real quick that like I had walls up to the mountaintops. Like it took, and I thought I was breaking down those by being willing to commit and by 
taking these little steps. And those were all such necessary steps for me to take in order to get to where we are now. But it took some serious chipping away these walls that I built out of self-protection. And again, that's it makes sense that I did that. Like there's no shame about it. There's so many reasons why I learned that relationships and love aren't safe. I still am working through a core belief that men can't be trusted. And thankfully, my partner shows me that that's not true. He has done a really good job of building trust in our relationship. And that's very healing. But it still shows up. And those are things that take time and take like there's, again, no, no shame in it, but just awareness and just compassion for yourself for why you act the way you act. Like it makes sense. And what can we do now to choose a different way to be more true and authentic to yourself? And it's never linear. And I think that that's just something to always be reminded of, to always remind ourselves of when we are walking through our journey and we are struggling because we are humans and that's just like what we do is just to know that like it's not a linear path and I'm going to make really great strides and then I'm going to accidentally sidestep and do some weird shit but like that I get to get back on the path that I want to be on and then I get to take more strides and then I'm going to go off on some other direction and just being able to give yourself grace with that you know, I actually had an interaction this morning with someone who I saw a handful of weeks ago for the first time. And then I saw them again today and they meant it as such a compliment, but they said, you look like you've lost a little bit of weight. Congratulations. And I was like, oh, I saw you after I had had a couple of days where I was really struggling emotionally and I was very lonely. And so I was actually emotionally eating for a couple of days, which I've made incredible headway with. But even in that moment, I knew I was doing it and I was able to give myself grace and identify why I was doing it and know that it wasn't permanent and allow myself to move through that without absolutely hating myself for it. And I was able to communicate that to that person today who was only trying to be complimentary. And it was so beautiful because I was like, I wasn't mad at myself in the moment. I even knew what was happening and I'm not mad at myself now. That was a blip where I was experiencing some things and I wasn't coping optimally but I'm sober, you know, and the things that it's just like, anyway, you know, cause that was for me, that's a big part of it. So anyway, that was a really beautiful interaction of growth of being able to say, oh yeah, that wasn't defining. And I appreciate that you are being complimentary, but I was just having a bad couple of days and I was just maybe a little puffy, but thank you. <laughs> there is so much wisdom in what you just said. Like, Number one is your ability to speak your truth today. Like that is you not silencing yourself or just keeping that to yourself, but you tuning into your authentic self and like feeling like you could voice that and explain that to them. Like that's, first of all, very courageous. And that's you being so connected to your truth. And the more you do that, the more trust you build with that. And so that's beautiful. And... I love what you're talking about of your ability to be compassionate with yourself and to know that that one dot that you were on in that moment was not the dot you were staying on. You were able to pull back your viewpoint and see the whole map and not just be stuck into that. We get so myopic in these moments of maybe behaviors that we don't want to participate in or, or like emotional eating. Like that's, first of all, so human. We all do it. 
and to be able to know like this is just a little dot that I'm on and I am going to move on to the next dot and that's such an important skill in your relationship with yourself because it's compassion and it's accountability and that is the epitome of self-love and a healthy relationship with self is being able to take accountability to shift and to own up to our imperfections as a human while also applying so much compassion for our common humanity so beautiful example yeah it was so cool you know and it all started from the awareness where we literally started this conversation is it starts with becoming aware and yeah i had so many years of turbulent, frustrating, hardcore, intense, yo-yoing back and forth, slamming into the walls on either side of that. As much as I've just illustrated an example that today is so much more peaceful because my life feels more peaceful today. And that doesn't mean it's perfect. I just told you it's not. But there were so many years where I couldn't articulate that to another person. I had no fucking clue what was going on with me. So I'd lose 30 pounds, gain 30 pounds, lose 30, you know, I mean, eventually you get conditioned to understand like, oh, this actually isn't permanent. And then for me, you know, I'm using certain resources today, such as macro tracking, like we've talked before, that allows me to regulate better while I figure out what my body wants and needs and give myself that grace. I think the biggest thing that that has done for me is taught me like, wow, home girl, you actually need a lot of food every single day. Wow, it's plentiful. You're going to get to have some forever. <laughs> get after it. But they're nutritious foods these days. And what I crave, it largely depends on how I'm going to feel as a result of eating it. That was a very long journey to get there, but it is a beautiful one that anybody is capable of. And I truly believe that. Yeah. I mean, our humans, just like everybody else, and we've been able to navigate this and learn more, and we have so much more to learn, and we will continually be on this nonlinear path and going all over the place. And like everyone has the capacity to do that. And I'm thinking about this book I'm reading right now, The Way of Integrity or The Way to Integrity. I can't remember exactly what it's called, but it's a beautifully written book. And she's talking about wants versus yearning and how across cultures, across all of the different types of humans in the world, when you think about what you want, it can be such a wide spectrum of all these external things. Like I want this type of body or I want this job or I want all these trips or I want this car or I want to live here. Or, I want these types of clothes or whatever. All these external things that we want. Like think about the latest advertisement you saw that you were like, oh, I got to have that. Like what were the feelings you had and what was driving that and what desires did you have by wanting that? And then there's yearning. And that's like when you're laying in bed at night and you're just thinking about how you want to feel in your life and the difference, the difference of the feelings besides or with the advertisement versus just like the deeper yearning and across cultures, those things are not very different at all. Like what we yearn for as humans is connection, belonging, freedom, love, and peace. Ultimately, like that's pretty much it. That's what we all want. So when you think about like these different behaviors, like you've talked about with alcoholism or with your relationship with food. And for me, it was my relationship with exercise and my relationship with food and relationships with men and things I was trying to, that I wanted, that I was willing to separate my authentic self and move into my strategic self. 
because I wanted these things so bad. And that's how I learned I needed to be to have those things. And that suffering that occurs when you finally decided, I don't want alcohol to be part of my life anymore. Like you had had enough pain that it was done. And you were like, I want to go back to those feelings that across the board are what we actually all want. And I think recognizing that the external stuff does not give us those feelings. I think we've all accomplished something, got an award, had an achievement, like even just like getting your strict handstand push-up today. It's like, that feels so good. And you deserve to celebrate that and feel good about that. And at the end of any external achievement, like, is it giving you that peace and freedom and belonging and connection? Like, maybe to some extent, maybe right now, like really look at the grand scheme of things, like being connected to our truth and showing up that way in alignment with our values and living our lives that way, which typically is not dysfunctional and unhealthy behaviors, because that's usually coping from pain that we're in. And the more connected to ourselves and our truth we are, the less we need external things to make us feel good, because we feel good by the values we're connected to. I think that's a pretty powerful and motivating concept to understand. It's so powerful. And it's something to just sit with, you know, you're talking through that. And it just makes me and think, recognize, when do I feel peaceful? When do I feel connected? Those things that you talk about, when do I feel those things? And then double down. Yeah, of asking the questions, when, what, who, where, those things, like, who am I around? What am I doing? When am I feeling those things? Like, those are such informational pieces to help us know how to live our lives on a daily basis. Like, this is what is giving me the feeling that I'm chasing. So how can I invite more of that into my life? Gosh, yeah, this just makes me think about my relationship with alcohol, which I understand we need to move along here. But you know, just that how many years I used that as a coping mechanism, and then it allowed me to be numb. And as a result, then I could put myself into situations that if I were understanding my authentic self, I would have never been in those situations. I would have never been in those rooms. I wouldn't have felt comfortable there, but I was just numbing to just deal with it. And so then when I stopped using that coping mechanism and stopped being numb in that way, then all of a sudden I was wildly uncomfortable in those situations. And it was like, yeah. this is like, so who the heck am I without the that? Fuck? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, but, yeah. but yeah, it's a journey to get there. So anyway, Okay, we've got to move along, but it's crazy because time has flown by. This is always the case with you. But I'm like, but wait a second, we could stay on this topic and I could experience so much peace speaking to you about this specifically or just anything because I just adore you. But you just have so much insight with this topic and I just really appreciate you sharing it with anybody that's listening if you want her as your best friend, I totally understand, but she's spoken for us. So I'm sorry, but you can go find another Taken. one. Sorry. <laughs> Off the market between Julian and I. Mean, she doesn't have time. I know. Uh, I don't Just have time. Kidding. I have too Just many. Kidding. Too much. <laughs> That's actually a beautiful segue into how they can support you and where they can find you. And if they do want to hang out with you, okay, fine, guys, I guess you get the opportunity to do that. Where would that be? Instagram for sure, Erin Monson. That's where I share a lot of free content and information that I've learned and that I'm learning, especially in school. And I have a website, erinmonson.com. I am taking clients one-on-one, -on -one, couples, 
which I love. I absolutely love working with couples. Probably my favorite thing, which is also why I'm training to be a couples therapist. And with groups, yeah, I work with people through Zoom, so it doesn't have to be in person. And you can find me on those two platforms. Yeah, and we'll link those in, in the show notes for you guys. I'm going to loop back, though, to what I would have asked before this, but that was just way too easy. What are three things that you are grateful for today? Today, number in one, this in this moment, I'm so grateful for technology and the way that it can be used to connect us right now, doing this to connect us with humans we probably never would have met. It's such a powerful platform when used in a way that is supportive and regulating for ourselves. And I'm grateful for it when used in that way. So that's the first thing I will say. I'm secondly, so grateful for the weather. I don't know if I said this last time, but I went on a walk right before this and it lights me up to be outside in the sunshine. This is my favorite time of year. So nature, the beautiful mountain that I live on, it's just, it connects me with myself. Literally what we talked about today, it's my love language is quality time. And it's my time to spend with myself where I give myself that quality time. And it just means so much to me. So the weather and my walks. And third, I have to say it again, because we talked about relationships. And I did say this last time too, but I'm so grateful for Julian and has helped me grow so much as a person. I'm amazed at how much he teaches me when like, I'm the one who is studying this stuff. Like he is so wise. And so I don't know how to explain like his ability to work through and commit to hard things in a relationship is so inspiring to me. And he just has this innate wisdom without even having to try of like what it looks like to be a good partner. And so I'm so grateful that I have him in my life as a best friend and as a partner. He's truly the best. I just love it. I love it so much because I adore him as a human. And then when he gifted me with you, and I jokingly say all the time, I'm like, no matter what, she and I are riding off into the sunset with one another, Absolutely. whether you come or not. <laughs> but you I come or not, it. we're going. <laughs> but I'm so glad that you have him. I get so much out of watching the two of you navigate life. So my three things are going to be that strict handstand push-up <laughs> or a bunch of them. Oh, yeah. I know you did like how many? Like 30 today. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Except for not, but like close. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so it's going to be that little win for me today. It is actually also going to be this one's tied to it, but community, because with that experience, it was the fact that I got my little ab mat out and stuck it over there and then did whatever in a handful of people that are new to me, but have been so welcoming and so warm. And they were like, girl, you don't need that. You know, so just the community around specifically fitness, but just in general, having people around you that support your best self. And so this is a specific fitness reference, but you can apply that to anything. Just having community, having humans that want to see you grow. And then the third thing for me today is just going to be having a stable home. It has been so nice after I have been on the road for months and months this year to actually want to stay home and be excited to have a routine. And just, I just, couldn't be more grateful for feeling more like I'm at home here since this is new and, and there's so much change all the time. 
to feel more stable, just it, it's peaceful. So those are my three grateful things today. Beautiful. That all being said, if you are still here, I am grateful for you. And if you have not already, I encourage you to go follow this, uh, whether you're listening on Spotify or Apple or however you're consuming this, if you don't mind giving it a follow, subscribe, whatever it is, rate and review. That would be wildly helpful as we are new here. And then lastly, if you found value in this and you think that there's someone else in your life that might get some value out of this as well, please share it with them. I am so excited, like I've said before, to be able to share on this platform in this way. Podcasting has just been something that I've toyed with for a while and it just feels so fulfilling to get to do. So I am optimistic to continue to do more of it. And all of that being said, thank you so much for your time. I will see you again soon. We hope that you have a beautiful day and that's it. Check you later. Bye. Thank you. Bye. <laughs>